we, we essentially finished Revelation last week. And as we walked through Revelation, one of the things that was just prominent that you cannot avoid is uh, the reality that we are called as Jesus followers to endure, to endure, to, uh, to wait on his impending arrival. Because in the last chapter, Jesus parks the car three times, says, I'm coming soon. And so we're called to patiently endure because we've seen uh, that things are, are, are going to get worse. It's going to be more difficult. And even in our America, like, like uh, life is like, we're, we're good as a Christian. We're meeting in a public school, all these things. But no, we know that uh, there's more persecution coming and we are called uh, to absolutely cling to the gospel and, and, and work to just uh, hold tightly to it as we navigate a culture that's going to continue to progress in a way that is um, anti-Jesus. And, and, and so we're, we're called to endure. And then also there's this like urgency piece, isn't there? The I'm coming soon from Jesus brings about the sense of urgency and purpose to right now. Uh, it should make a difference in my life right now. The relationships that I have right uh, now, um, who, you know, where I'm at with God, I should be considering that right now um, in light of his impending return. And so we finished with that thought last week, but within that thought is this, uh, really difficult uh, calling uh, that, that we don't like. Amen? You're like, I don't know what I'm saying amen to. Um, we don't ask for it, and yet we're commanded to have it. And we're told we need it. It's vital. And so we're going to talk about patience. Patience is the ability uh, to, to bear uh, through pain, through trials. It's, it's the ability to endure uh, while we uh, are in a season uh, or a situation of waiting or, or delay. It's, it's persevering. It's, it's being steadfast despite uh, the difficulties or adversity that we uh, may be facing. And it's this virtue that oftentimes is connected with the virtue of hope. Uh, because it, it, it usually implies what? Long suffering, endurance, this word called steadfastness. Now, what makes this so challenging, but also so powerful right now, is everything in culture is pulling and pushing us away from having patience. Like, like uh, you know, I, I think of all the expectations we have right now uh, that, that we, have a, we have time attached to it, right? There's deadlines attached to it. I want my Wi-Fi right now, and it better be at this strength. Um, you know, you think of your news. I want my news. I remember there was a day and age when the USA Today was delivered on the front porch in the morning. That is way too late. Can you imagine waiting till tomorrow? Some of you are like, oh. Right? And, and, and so we do whatever we can to get the news, the information as quickly as we can. Um, what, anything that we want to work out, we want it to work out immediately. We want it to work now. Um, I, I, I want the results that I believe need to happen. I want those results now. Um, I want the answer now to this question, uh, to this situation that I'm in. I want to be smarter. I want to be smarter right now. 
I want to be wealthy, but I need that right now, God. Um, I, I, I want a relationship. God, you see my status? I need that. And, and, and it's not like, hey, God, whenever you get around to it, but it's like, God, I need this now. Uh, a bunch of you college students, some of you are graduating. And it's like, I need to know my career right now, God. Right now. Like, I know freshman, sophomore, junior year, we were playing around, but now, deliver. Right? And so there's all of these expectations. And, and as, as parents, we're like, God, fix my child right now. Right? <laughs> We don't want to play the long game, short game, fix them now. Uh, and what's interesting too is I see this in my own kids, right? My kids get frustrated, whether it's uh, homework and, and math or, or, or maybe it's an athletic uh, activity and, and they're so impatient with themselves and they want results right now. And we were in the car ride this last week and, and my oldest was really frustrated. He wasn't getting the results. And I said, bud, like, like it takes time. It takes time. You have to practice. It doesn't just happen. And guys, what, what we do, because, because Christian, Christians really, we, we're going right along with culture, is we do the same thing with God, don't we? If you're real, prove yourself. Prove yourself right now. Some of us are in this room. We're skeptic, and, and we're just here. Someone uh, either invited us or they forced us to come. And, and we're like, prove it. Prove that you are real right now. Some of us, when we, when we go to the Lord on behalf of someone else, which I pray you do, God, I, they need to receive you now, today. God, make it happen right now. We've been in the book of Revelation. Jesus, come back now. Come back today. And, and, and what we see is, as, as culture's been moving towards this uh, shorter and, and quicker um, timeline in regards to uh, our expectations and our commitments, right? Because, uh, you know, work, you used to leave and it would stay at work. That's no longer a thing, right? Uh, now you've got all these messaging platforms. Uh, you're getting emails uh, at night. I was just talking to somebody and they're like, I'm just trying to figure out how to stop working when I get home for my kids. And I don't know how. And, and, and so working through how uh, these expectations that are new, they're fresh, right? And because every other expectation is the same, as far as speed and response, we take that into our work environment, we take it into our marriages, our relationships with people, our friends, all of these things. We want the results now. And, and yet we see that patience is essential. It's essential for navigating life. And the question becomes, well, how in the world do I get it? How in the world do I build this into my life? And so in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. 
The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And then a few verses later in verse 15 says, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Okay, so what do we see here? We see that one of the very characteristics of God is patience. Now, what we also see here, which we really don't like, is that God is operating off an entirely different timeline than you and I, right? I mean, you read that thousand years and you're like, man, forget this, right? That, that's not even in your lifetime. You're like, no, I don't want that. And, and so we see that, that, that God is operating off of a different timeline than we are. But then we also see that patience is a characteristic of God and it's at work for our good. Did you catch that? Like, like literally, uh, the patience of God. You are saved right now. For those of you that have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're saved because of the patienceness of God. It's because of that patience. And so two things here, we go, man, one, God is patient. Okay, it's part of his nature, and, and he is good, so it's good. And we know it's good because literally it's the patienceness of God that's led to our salvation, that's given us the opportunity to respond, right? Uh, and, and I love how Paul, Paul actually says, I am the poster child for this. I am the example for all of you. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 16, he says, but I received mercy for this season that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. He says, he says, I am I'm to be a display of God's perfect patience. If you don't remember, I was anti the church. I persecuted the church. The testimony of Jesus, I was against it. I'm leading the charge, very smart. And of all the people that were disqualified, I was disqualified. And yet you see where I'm at now, writing to you, you young pastor, these incredible words of wisdom, and, and people are gonna read them all throughout the known world because of the patience of God with me. And I read that and I go, man, I'm really thankful for the patience of God. And so we start by looking to God and acknowledging that God's patience is good. But, and, and, and as we went through Revelation even, I, I think so many of us had this anticipation that we're going to see this angry God throw a temper tantrum and, and it's just going to be awful, right? And yet... I've talked to many of you, and over and over again, we were blown away by God's patience with humanity as he continued to reach out to them, and, and they continued to deny him, and yet all throughout the book of Revelation, we see him continuing to reach out and invite them into relationship with him. And you guys, this is why David can say the words that he does throughout the book of Psalms. In fact, we'll read a couple of them. In Psalms 27, 14, he says, wait for the Lord... Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And then in, in Psalm 37, 7, he says, Be still before the Lord 
And just in case you missed it, wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way on Instagram and social media, over the man who carries out evil devices. Okay, so, so stop being concerned about those who are having perceived success in doing things uh, that are against God or uh, a contradiction to honoring him. And, and stop looking to them. Stop looking at them. Stop uh, romanticizing their life. And you focus on being still and waiting on the Lord for what he has for you. And guys, when, when, when you look at the life of David, one of the things that, that will stand out is that guy was patient. I mean, he's already like declared, you're going to be the king. Unfortunately, though, there's already this king in place. And so you know you're the one that's supposed to be king, but you have to, you have to wait for this guy named Saul who's, who's, who's evil. And, 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 and Saul actually starts uh, hunting down David to kill him out of jealousy and all of that. I mean, Saul is just so annoying in scripture. Uh, we've been going through the books uh, of the Bible with my kids. We're in the Saul section and my kids are like, when is he done? <laughs> and I go, oh, it's coming. It's actually sad, guys. It's sad, but, but, it, but it's coming, you know? And because they're like, we want to get to David. And, and, and you guys, David was surrounded by people that were loyal to him. And over and over again, they're like, now, now is your time. There were, there's so many moments where, where it, it actually looked like Saul was delivered to him so that he could take him out and take his rightful place on the throne of God. And yet David waited patiently and said, now is not the time. This is not my moment to take what God has already given me. And, and, and I think that what's so interesting and difficult is we go, wow, that's incredible patience. But then, I don't know about you, but I also complain about the patience of God. And you know what? When you read the Psalms, you also see David complains about the patience of God. I mean, does, does this thought sound familiar to you? I mean, it sure is for me. God, God you're all-powerful. God, you're sovereign. You can do whatever you want to do. You can, you, can, you can make this happen whenever you want. You can heal this person whenever you want. So God, why aren't you doing it? You ever thought that? Man, I was praying for multiple people this week uh, going through incredible sickness battles. You know how hard it is and the, 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 the conflict you feel when you're praying for someone that's going through just in, in, intense suffering and you're crying out to God and in the same breath, you're, you're, you're saying, God, you can do whatever you want. God, you're all powerful right now. You can snap your fingers, God, and, and this can go away. And, and Lord, I pray for that, Lord. You can do it. Uh, but in the same breath, it's like, God, your will be done. That's tough, you guys. At least it is for me. It's tough when I know that he can solve all my problems. Stuff that I, that I know he can fix. Whatever is broken in my life, in my mind, in my heart, in my family situation. And so I also see that, that, I, that I acknowledge the patience of God and I thank him for it. But I also, in the same breath, will complain about it. In the same breath, I'll go, why? Why aren't you fixing this now? 
And guys, it doesn't get easier. It actually gets really tough because then we're, we're, we see that we're called to actually demonstrate and, and live and produce the same patience of Christ. And we're to, we're to have that same patience in our life circumstances, in our relationships, in our relationship even to, to your relationship with yourself, how you view and you treat yourself with patience, to then the patience that you're to have with other people, with your spouse, with your kids, with those you work with, with those that uh, you share a, a house with, whatever it may be. Um, and, and so we get to like 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, and we read these words from, from Paul to this young preacher, and he says this, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Now, once again, this is to this young pastor, and, and, and I've always read these words, and, and I've gotten so excited about it. And guys, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I found as I've studied patience is it's all throughout Scripture, and it's weird, um, maybe ironic, how I've avoided it in almost every verse that I've seen it in. Like, it's amazing. Like, I, I, I've read that verse hundreds of times, and I've even memorized it. And, 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 and I agree with it. I love this verse, right? Right? Preach the word. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'll preach this word, God. Be ready in season, out of season. I love that. That resonates, God. There's no day off with you, Jesus. Let's go. I'm not feeling good, but in my weakness, you are strong, right? Reprove, rebuke. Oh yeah, thank you, Jesus. I love that. Thank you for that word. Um, exhort, right? Let's lift up, let's build up, let's do all those things, right? And then with complete patience and teaching. And so I'm, I'm just, yeah, 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 let's go. And then, oh, well, I really don't like that part. I really struggle with that part, right? Because as I looked at everything that I read, you guys, and this hit me this week, like preach the word, be ready in season, out, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Guys, I've attached timelines to every single one of those things. And I've attached an expectation of certain outcomes for every single one of those things. And yet in that same verse, he says, with patience, with patience. And some of you are like, well, that's, that's great that that's to a pastor. I'm not a pastor. So I'm kind of off the hook there, Steve. Good luck with that. Well, no, this isn't just for Christian leadership. We actually see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, in 1 Corinthians 13, we, we call it the love chapter. And it says this in verse 4, it says, love is patient and kind. Right? Like, how do you avoid that? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Uh, and all these other things, once again, we highlight, but we go, love is patient, it's unavoidable. And, and, and what this means is that if you and I are going to commit to demonstrating the love of God to somebody else, it means we will be patient with them. It says love is. It is patient. 
And so, so none of us are like, like, I mean, if we're a Jesus follower in this room and, and we're like, man, I want to display the love of Christ. I want to display the love of Christ uh, to my family. I want to display the love of Christ to my siblings, uh, to my parents, uh, at, at work, uh, to my neighbors. Then you just need to know that patience is included. It's not separate. It's not optional, right? Uh, in fact, the Bible reaffirms this over and over again. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, and I'll try and read a few, but not overwhelm you. First Thessalonians 5.14, he says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Be patient with them. Ephesians 4.2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience. Bearing with one another in love. In Colossians 3.12, it tells us to put on patience. And guys, I, I love it because all of these verses, they're connected to what? Community, right? They're connected to what we're going to do with each other. They're connected to relationship. And so if we as a church, as the body, as the bride of Christ are going to be an effective witness. He says that they're going to know you by what? Your love. Bingo. By your love for one another, the love for one another and what we have lost sight of in our current Christian climate is the love for one another cannot be excluded from patience with one another. That's tough. It's tough. And then we're given this example in James 5, 24 minutes in. James 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So, so here in James, he's given us a couple tangible examples, right, uh, of what it looks like when, when, we, when we go, man, like, I can't look to culture to teach me patience. Uh, we, we see that that's, uh, that's, that's absent uh, in our culture. In fact, there was a study done uh, in like 2014, I believe, by Psychology uh, Today, and they, were, and they were seeing that just the mental health decline across college campuses. And so they did this huge comprehensive study, and they put out this report, and, and, and what they, they saw uh, was was that, that that frustration in these young adults? Frustration immediately catapulted into crisis. This was way before mental health was like trending. It, it, that 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 literally, when when they're going through a, a, a difficult thing, frustration whether it's a delay or something not working out, they're immediately catapulting into uh, the worst possible place, right? 
And so it was talking about there's an in-between space that is lost. Guys, what is that in-between space? It's patience. And so this patience thing, so, so everybody's like, okay, oh my goodness, well, we gotta build up, we gotta teach patience. Like, like this isn't just like a, a Christian issue. This is, this is culturally destroying the fabric of society, right? That, that nobody's built up or been conditioned to be able to withstand delay, uh, you know, shortcomings, uh, things that, that throw you off, things that are against you, a physical challenge, uh, whether that's emotionally, uh, mentally, physically, whatever it may be. And, and, and so because patience is, is lacking and we've created it, we celebrated the lack of patience, we're now ill-equipped and, and we're going, I don't know what to do. And so as a Christian, I'm like, where do I go? And we first go to God and we go, God, you... You are patient. Your patience is good. And then, and then he gives us examples after he says, like, this has to be a part of your life. This is my love. My love is patience. It's not separated from it. And so he gives us these uh, examples. And, and, and one is the farmer. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a farmer or not. But I have never looked at a farmer as like, oh, they're so patient. Like, I, I worked a few summers for some farmers. And I'm like, that dude ain't patient at all. Like, he's like, get back out there. I was bucking bales for money, man. And those things, like, they're heavy. They are. And, 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 and I, re I remember that. So I've never looked at it that way. But then we're, we're brought into, like, the setting here. And James is writing in this very hot, very dry climate. Uh, and, and essentially, farmers had two very small windows of time to plant effectively. It was these two rainy seasons, right? In the, in the autumn or the spring. And, and, and so, uh, and they had to be on it. They had to plant as soon as those rains would come. And, and so there was this temptation that the farmers had because the rain's not coming. I don't see it. Where is it? And so they were tempted to, I got to plant now. I just have to plant now. And, and, and so they had to endure and wait for that rain, that small window. And, and what he's saying is you as well be patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And so what we see here is Preparation is part of patience. You see that preparation is part of patience. Now, the next question is, well, how am I preparing myself? Well, that's why we're going into next week's series on the rhythms that define us as Jesus followers. So, so, so the, the reality here is when we talk about patience here, uh, God's term, uh, God's version, it, it, it's not avoidance. Okay, it's not avoiding a problem. I'm just being patient with him. No, you're avoiding them. Being patient with my kid. Nah, you're avoiding disciplining them. Um, it's, not, it's not complacency, right? What are you doing? I'm just waiting on the Lord. It's in the Bible, right there, Steve. It says, wait. I'm like, do you know what it's alluding to? What waiting means, what it looks like? Yeah, just being still. Right? And, and, and we can take that so far beyond any of the intent of Scripture when it comes to wait, right? So it's not talking about avoidance or complacency. Patience is not this call to idleness. James actually then points us to a more direct, specific model, right? He says, look at the prophets and Job. Now, when you, when you look at the prophets and Job, <laughs> ooh, uh, one, uh, the prophets, like, it's brutal, like some of you have dabbled in the prophets and you dabbled right out of it. 
right? I mean, it was tough. And, and some of you, this week you did that because in the book of Revelation, you were like, oh my goodness, those prophets are so important. They were saying things. And, and, and John's pulling that. Uh, they saw these things already. And, and then you started reading the prophets and you go, oh, this is awful. This might be worse than Revelation. Um, like if you read Jeremiah, you guys, Jeremiah, oh my goodness. Oh, poor guy. Like Jeremiah, uh, one, God's like, you're not going to get married. Awesome. And then... And then Jeremiah's got a mission to, to call the people back to repentance, Judah. And, and literally he does that for 40 years. And you know, how people, you know how many people respond to his message? 40 years. Zero. I know. Zero. When we say, is anybody going to show up next week, you guys, when we're planning events? We don't actually believe that. That happened. Like, nobody responded. 40 years. And, and he's in prison. He was getting beaten over the course of 40 years. In fact, he is, he's literally called the weeping prophet. And, and, and so James is like, hey, look at the prophets. Now, what do we see with these prophets, you guys, as they go through just difficulty after difficulty after difficulty? They never stopped preaching. They never stopped preaching. And we look at Job. He says, look at Job. And we look at Job and you read, read the book of Job and it's actually kind of a long book and you read it and you go, man, like, I don't know. I, I have conflicted feelings about Job. But one of the things you see throughout the book of Job, and if you're unfamiliar with Job, Job is the poster child for suffering in the Bible. Like Job is the guy you go, oh, well, my life's not that bad because I'm not Job. And, and, and so Job lost everything. Yeah, family members lost uh, lost all of his wealth. And, 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 and what do you see throughout the book of Job? You see that Job never stopped praying. Never stopped praying. So you see these prophets, he says, look to the prophets. And we go, well, what is it about? Well, they never, they never stopped preaching. You look at Job and go, look at Job. Well, Job, Job wasn't perfect, right? But Job never stopped praying. All throughout it. And so you guys, part of learning to be patient is learning to be persistent in the midst of delayed answers and delayed clarity. And so how do I produce this in my own life when everything's pushing against it? When people in my life who say they love me are saying, hey, what's wrong with you? It's not happening for you. It's not working. You should question your calling, your motives. You should do something else. All of you have had people in your life tell you to do that because certain things weren't happening on a certain timetable or they weren't aligning with your expectations. But then let's just, let's just go back to Job here. In Job uh, chapter 23, uh, verse eight, uh, this is, these are Job's, uh, words it says behold I go forward but he is not there and backward but I do not perceive him on the left hand when he is working I do not behold him he tries he turns to the right hand but I do not see him but he knows the way that I take when he has tried me I shall come out as gold now here's what I love about this you guys uh James is like, look to Job. Job, in verse, uh, chapter 23 here, Job is literally saying, I have no idea what God is doing. I have no idea. 
He's to my right. I, I, I know he's working in the right. I can't meet him there. I can't see what he's doing there. Uh, he's, he's using all these like locations where God is working. And yet he, he knows, but, but he, he, he can't see him. He's not experiencing it. He doesn't understand what God is doing. And, and I think all of us uh, can relate in some way to that frustration and ultimately just acknowledging before God, God, I have no idea what you're doing. No idea. But then we have to get to the place where we can say, but God, I let go. In some way, God, you're using this for the greatest good to take place in my life. In some way, there's a, there's a perfection, there's a completeness that is lacking that, that you want to address in my life, God. And so, and so as, as hard and as frustrating as it may be for us, our very first response, uh, you know, as we think about just, just acknowledging uh, the patience, like God, uh, God, patience is, is, is who you are. It's in your character. Uh, and, and Lord, I acknowledge that your, your patience is, according to scripture, it is good and it is at work. But, but then comes this critical juncture where we go, but God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. And guys, this is what's so tough for us in our culture, okay? To, to actually humble ourselves before God and admit, I don't, know, no, I, don't, I don't know what you're doing, and I release that. It's so tough because in our culture, we think we know what he's supposed to do, right? Why are you frustrated in the first place? God, I know what you need to do with that person's health, so do it. God, I know what you need to do uh, in this relationship, so fix it. God, this is my marriage. You care about marriage. Fix it now, right? Um, my, my kid, my kid, God, he's, he's, they're, doing, they're doing these things. He's, he's caught up in this, Lord. Like, like, fix it. And I know what that means. I know what that needs to look like. So do it, right? And, and what frustrates us and, and why we don't get to the point where Job got to, where he's like, I don't know what you're doing, God. I don't know what you're doing. And so I, I humbly admit that we don't want to get there because we think we know. And as Job is stripped of everything, including his just humanity before everyone else, he says, I don't know. I don't know. But what does he, what does he know? Don't miss that next part. So important, Right? says in verse 10, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. God, I don't know what you're doing. I can't figure it out, but I know how it ends. You guys, here's the thing about gold. Gold does not fear the fire because all the fire does is purify the gold and it makes the gold brighter. And so... God, I don't know what you're doing in this. And, and so many of us have prayed that. But then there's this like, I release it, God. I give it to you because I know what you promise in the end. And I declare that God, after I've gone through this season, however long it may be, I'm gonna come forth as gold. And guys, what, what, we've, what we know is this. You cannot learn or develop patience without hardship or delays, right? Like you can't. 
And so it's this thing that he wants to produce and develop in us, and we need it. We know we need it, and yet we know that in order to get it, there's going to be delays. There's going to be lack of clarity. There's going to be hardships in our life. But what Scripture tells us is that we're able to trust him as we endure because he's developing this patience in us for a reason. Uh, back in James chapter one, verses two through four, in the, in the New King James Version, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Right? That's incredible. And we see shades of Romans chapter 5 in that, don't we? Romans chapter 5, verse 3, where it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance proven, uh, produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Wow. Counting all joy, uh, knowing that, that what this is going to produce in our lives. And, and you guys, we read this and we take this so out of context and we judge people uh, off this and it's just not fair. Uh, like it's not saying immediately in the moment of suffering and pain and your trial and your delay that you just go, you know, God, thank you for this. I, I, you know, I, I shared how my, <laughs> one of my kids broke his arm in January and uh, both bones. And I, when he got in the car, I say, hey, bud, isn't God good? Isn't God good? You get to go right now. And no, I'm trying not to throw up. I'm grossed out. Like, and and I'm, just, I'm just trying to hold it together, right? I'm trying to be dad, you know, for my kid. And, 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 and so often we read that and we go, oh, I'm just supposed to have joy? Like, yay, God, they got the promotion. Woo, like, yay, God, I'm not getting a response. Or yay, God, I'm still struggling. Or my health is still deteriorating. God, yay. Uh. Like, no, it's not, it's not that, I, that, that, I'm, that I'm like, oh, choose me. Like, I'm, I'm not like, oh, great, you did choose me. Like, I'm the one who's got to suffer. That, that's not the joy here. The joy comes from what he's doing by the authority of the word of God in the trial, in the wait, in the delay, in the suffering. That's where the joy is found. That's how Job can say, I will come forth as gold. We don't rejoice or count it joy because of it. We rejoice in the fact that by the authority of God's word, he's using it. Guys, this, whatever this is for us, for me, for you, this is necessary because once again, there's a, a perfection, a completeness in your life that God wants to produce and that is gonna run through the road of patience. And guys, it's one of the things we're so thankful for. Once again, like when we look at Jesus's life, you know, came down here, lived for a little over 30 years on this planet. Do you know how patient he had to be dealing with us that whole time? And, and throughout that whole time, what is, what is Satan trying to do? Satan is trying to get him to bypass patience, the process of God, the purpose and the plan of God for his life. Jesus had to go through all that he went through, and Satan was determined to what? Get him to quit or get him uh, to the place where, where he would try to bypass that trial, bypass uh, the weight, uh, and, and get the immediate results, right? And, and, and so 
and, and, and we look at Jesus' life, and, and even in Hebrews 12, we see, we see this, like him, him enduring uh, the, the cross. And I am so thankful that Jesus was patient with all of humanity as he continued to go through this uh, process of just living uh, in this world so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And because of that perfect patience, you and I are able to receive salvation this morning. It's the patienceness of Jesus that gave you and I the opportunity to have salvation. And, and, and so we're so thankful for that, aren't we? And, 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 and what that was, was the perfect and complete will of God, uh, because God in his sovereignty was like, I, I want humanity with me. I want these people. I love them. Right? And, and so we see, we're so thankful for that patience. And, and yet we see that there's this all out assault on our patience, just as with Jesus, the enemy right now is trying to get you to react. Now, if we say, I don't want patience, I don't want to go down this road, what do we do? Right? We react. And, and guys, I don't know about you, but when I react, it's not pretty. Right? Like, like when you think of the, the issues in your life, the issues that you're dealing with with yourself, uh, the issues and the dynamics in your family. And I'll tell you right now, when I look at the regrets, the greatest of regrets right now uh, that I have as a parent, when I think of the greatest regrets I have as a husband, when I think of the greatest regrets right now as a pastor, it's from rushed decisions reactionary decisions where I didn't allow the patience, the pain, the patience, uh, the patience of God. I didn't allow it to do what it needed to do so that I could love my kids. Like God calls me to love them so that I could love my wife. Like God calls me to love her so I could love his bride, the church and lead his church like he wants it to be led. And guys, what the enemy is consistently trying to do is, is get us to react and to make a quick decision, right? To not go through this lens of, of, of acknowledging God and your patience, God, and it's in your character, it's in your nature. It's a display of your love. And so, so God, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna allow you to do what you need to do. The enemy's gonna try and do everything he can to push you out of that because he knows he can wreck your testimony. He can wreck your life. And guys, when you think of our culture, our country, uh, the church climate right now, it is full of... Of, of absolute just craziness out of quick decisions, like, like, like reactions. You think of some of the evil, like, like, like the regret in your life, like it's reactions. And so guys, like, like you just need to know, just as the enemy was so strategic with Jesus, uh, so that he would not be patient to go through the process the guy had him on, which would ultimately save humanity, he's, he's doing the same thing in you. And so you should not be surprised when you're sitting down with your family and you finally, one this one night, have a dinner together. And, and your kids, they're not looking at a phone or anything. And you're all like, it's here. You should not be surprised when an email comes from your boss and rocks you. Right? You shouldn't. See, <laughs> Satan knows who you don't like. He knows who you avoid. He knows who you don't want to hear from. He knows which coworker bothers you. He knows, right? And if you are employed at the church and you're looking at me right now, we got issues to talk about. But um, 
Guys, we, he knows that, right? He knows what sets you off. If you're an aggressive person, of course people are going to cut you off in traffic. You're like, why do people always cut me off? Uh huh. <laughs> why are you surprised? You know, if, if you're trying to relive your kids' sports through your failed dreams, yeah, there's going to be a lot of bad refs. There just are. And you're going to be like, they're everywhere. No, nope, they're there for you. Okay? And, 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 and so the enemy knows this, you guys. And, and so, you guys, all of this is designed to take you away from Christ. But here's what's so great. Because I read this and I go, man, God, everything in culture is pulling me away from it. I can't do it. I'm an impatient person, God. You know this. You saw me. You designed me. So it's kind of your fault. But what do I do with this? And then I read Galatians 5.22 and I look back at something that I've, once again, I've avoided and it's always been there. He says this in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And I look at that and I go, you did that. And he's saying, yeah, I did that. He what he's saying is this, because when it's a fruit of the spirit, that means it's not a fruit of you. It means it's not something you can produce. It means it's something beyond what you can make happen, right? The patience that he's calling us to, you guys, and there's something so freeing about this. It's something that I cannot achieve. But by the authority of God's word, if I will submit to the will of God, if I will allow the Holy Spirit, to work in my life and to lead me, he's going to produce that patience. He's going to produce it in you. See, my my wife doesn't need to see my best performance of patience. She needs God's. My kids need to see God's patience. I want them to see God. I want them to meet Jesus. Your coworkers, they need to see Jesus. Your neighbors, I mean, God bless your neighbors, right? Things they see and hear, then you see Jesus. And so when I read this, I go, God, like, just uh, thank you. Thank you for taking the weight off of me trying to, to earn or achieve this. And, and so God, I pray that I would just submit to you. God, I pray that I would get out of the way and I pray that I would let your patience reign and rule in my life and that you would be the outcome in these environments, in these settings. And so when I get that email, God, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. When I get that text message, God, I'm gonna go to you with this first. Uh, God, I'm gonna acknowledge I'm frustrated. I don't know what you're doing, but I go to you. I acknowledge by your very nature, you're good. Uh, God, the, the, the peace that I have in the midst of the turmoil, I, I, it always points back to your patience because that's salvation. And so God, I surrender. I surrender. And I let you do what only you can do in my life. And I let you bring about the patience that I must have to love effectively. And guys, that is freeing, but it's a decision, isn't it? And so I want to close our time with just a a few statements. And I'm going to actually ask you you to repeat these statements after me. We've never done this, so whatever. If you're new, just whatever. Just go with it. Don't worry. It feels cultish, though, when I do it. So we're not a cult, I promise. (laughs) Uh, It's so sad. Because some of you just came out of a cult, and you're like, ah, again. No, no, no. I want you to think about these words. Okay? If you feel comfortable, Sam. 
with me. God, the timing is yours. The delay is yours. The suffering and the pain is yours. God, I am yours. That person is yours. And God, the outcome is yours. I trust you. And that last line gets me every time. Because I can't say it without full surrender. I just can't. I want to. God, the outcome is yours. I trust you. I trust what you're doing. Guys, I don't know what he's bringing up in your life. He brought up a lot in my life this week. But right now, let's just go to the Lord with it. Let's pray over it. Let's respond to it. If the patience of God is like leading you into salvation right now, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If it's, if it's love differently, if it's, if, it's, if it's handle that person, that conflict, that situation differently, I pray that we do it. But I pray that you do it through the strength of the Spirit of God. Amen? And I pray that you do it without a timeline. Let's pray.